This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! They all they're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, Our introductory show tonight features our Grindhouse Pizzeria, which is dedicated to all things Grindhouse and exploitation. Whether it's extra cheesy or loaded with meat. You'll always get a belly full of hot, nasty goodness. Come on in, pull up a chair and grab you a slice. It's just a farmhouse and looks pretty innocent from the road. But once you're inside, you'll see what really happens on a terror farm. Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Coming in the dead of night, coming to plant the living and harvest the dead. Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Within a week, the lab will be flooded with, with human blood. folks welcome once again degenerates to grindhouse pizzeria i am your host cameron scott and almost as always almost <laughs> is my good co-host and friend tommy k tom commissar how are we doing tonight tom we're doing great cameron we're doing great how's everybody doing Ta-da. you know i'm i'm doing all right and i hope everybody else is too it's snowing like crazy over here but i'm we're hunkered down and, and not going outside not fit for man or beast out there. Yeah, same here. We got we didn't get a ton of snow, but now we got freezing rain. 
So it's going to be a nice, a nice mix of uh, not wanting to drive anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well, we're gonna I don't have to go to work until Tuesday. So hopefully this shit clears up. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. No, I'll be going in there Monday morning, bright and early. It'd be pretty nasty, but it'd be all right. We'll get there. Uh. But speaking of nasty, we got a bit of nastiness for you this evening, <laughs> folks. Uh, <laughs> we kind of picked this one at random. Uh, I had some suggestions come up on my 2B TV account, and I started watching trailers. And so I made a list, sent it to my good buddy Tom here, who helped me narrow it down. And we picked, for your, your pleasure and ours, <laughs> the 1972 cult hit invasion of the blood farmers and yeah this this was a this was a weird one Uh, and it has a a a connection to a movie we had did just recently here shriek of the mutilated uh the the writer of that film was also the writer and director of this film ed adlam this is the only uh film he ever directed and after, after watching it, I kind of understand why. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's unique, but I can't say it's good. I can't say it's bad. I can't say really where it falls. Uh, it's somewhere between the realm of so bad it's good or just so bad. But it's uh, entertaining, definitely never boring. Uh, and it it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. But let me go ahead and give you folks the uh, IMDb synopsis, which as follows. Somewhere, (laughs) even they don't know, Uh, somewhere in upstate (laughs) New York, a secretive group of farmers are harvesting human blood for a mysterious purpose. And uh, yeah, that's that's it, all right. Uh, And I love the tagline on the poster. They planted the living and harvested the dead. It it, it it promises you a, a whole lot, but doesn't really, you know, deliver uh, or at, at all on any level. <laughs> it's it's such a disjointed film, but it's 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 fun. It's interesting. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Now, my lovely wife uh, Patricia did not appreciate it nearly as much as I did. Um, I, I I appreciate it as an oddity. It, it's something that's just. You know, it's just so unique and so weird. It's a perfect grindhouse exploitation film. But uh, a couple little tidbits of information about this film. It was shot in, over the course of three weekends. Uh, it was shot for roughly $24,000. And uh, as a note I made, it never made its money back, at least during its theatrical run. And what? Yeah, it said they. It said it didn't make it its money back. I don't know how. I don't know how it couldn't make twenty four grand back. I, but uh, I don't know. But uh, one little sad bit of a story here. Now uh, I got this off of the IMDb trivia section, so you know, you know, that takes those things with a grain of salt, as they say. But a little sad story here. It says according to the director, a friend of his had invited him to Universal Studios for an opportunity to meet Steven Spielberg, like right after Jaws it came out, like a few few years afterwards. Apparently he got to meet Spielberg, shook his hand and told them that, hey, you know, I used to be a filmmaker once upon a time ago. Spielberg asked him what movies he had directed and he just replied with Invasion of the Blood Farmers. And Spielberg, I guess, turned on his heels, walked away without saying a single word to him, which just breaks my fucking heart. <laughs> It's just so yeah. sad. That's a you dick know, move. It is a dick move. First of all, 
I've seen worse movies. <laughs> you know, I, I this isn't the worst movie oh, yeah. I've ever seen. I and uh, even though you know it's a stinkeroni at certain things, it's not the worst movie. I don't think I would have been like meta director and like just like oh fuck you and just left and turned and left and walked away on the guy. I wouldn't have done that at all. I mean, even I, if he felt that way, he could have just. He could have just simply been like, oh, well, that's nice. We'll have a great day. And then then walk away. I mean. Right, right. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> and then just left it at that, you know. But, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, you know, this, I, 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 I'm shocked that they couldn't make the 24 grand back. That's kind of weird because, you know, you think it would have got some people going with the title. Because most of these movies, they lie to you anyway. You know, they, they, they trick you for once. You know, they get a bunch of people in the studio if you got a nice poster and a good, maybe a good trailer. and Because that's what people, that's what drives us to these things. You see these posters, you see a tagline or a, you know, scantily clad woman that's not even in the movie, but they use her in the poster. I'm not talking about this movie in general, but just, the, you know, just, the, you know, just talking yeah, about these. These the way of films in general. Yeah, to trick you into going to watch their movies. That was the thing. That was the game back then, you know, like put like you know, give you a poster. Trick you with a decent with a, a poster art that promises things that you'll never right. get. The posters are the best part of the most of these movies anyway. You look at the poster and you go, or the trailer too. You go, Oh man, this has gotta be good. And then you see it, and you're like, Well, uh, yeah, well let's get be- off into the, the beginning of this. The, yes. the beginning of this starts off very psychedelic, you know, I mean, and it starts off with any, you know, without any kind of, you know, without any ado, as they say, you know, starts off with the narrator going, their lives were different, their gods were different, they created Stonehenge and made mistletoe out of death, some of the quotes that I put down at the beginning, so you don't really know what the hell's going on, but apparently, you know, 50 years after the death of Christ, these secret sangroid a group of uh, druids kind of, you know, made a, a blood fa- sacrifice to, to their their god, uh, which was a, a goddess named Queen Unhard. I think that's right. how I pronounce, I pronounce him probably wrong, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, they had to wait thousands of years, you know, to prepare a new blood sacrifice because the, most of them had went, they had supposedly went, you know, extinct. I don't know how... Yeah, humans go extinct, but you don't know, come back, you know, in the in this story. But those humans, <laughs> so we get the big title invasion. Yeah, these humans, just these humans, <laughs> this batch here. <laughs> and then after the like the the you know the uh, credit sequence is over, we get that poor son of a bitch that's just stumbling down the street with his torn open white shirt that looks like somebody poured a can of beet juice all over him. And and that's <laughs> that's one of the funny things. I, I made so many different notes that every time they show blood, I'm like, here's the blood, looks like beet juice. Here's the blood, looks like raspberry puree. Here's more blood, right, looks, right. Like, looks like fizzy grape juice. It never really looks the same, and it never looks like blood, ever. Not not really once does it ever really look like blood. There is, I'll, I'll get to it. I don't want to get too far ahead in the movie. There's one scene where they use something that they should have used in the whole movie, it was really good looking blood. And I'll, I'll point it out when we get to that, that part. It's a small little scene with one of the girls. It's like, it's oh, towards the end, isn't it? Like about 20 minutes from the end. The one girl by the stream, remember her? And she's like, she's like standing yes. there. And then that one weird guy is like watching her and then he kills her. Yeah. 
she's, she's laying on a rock, Sunny. I guess I'll we'll just talk about it. And then and she's like kind of yeah. sunning herself on a rock. She's wearing like a you know like a mini skirt or something, and she's just kind of sunning herself like a brunette. Very very lovely girl. And this guy with the cane that's all throughout the movie, one of the assistants to the druid king or whatever his name is, the priest, yeah. priest, priest. He they he he kills it. And then the blood that's on her looked very. Uh, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. It was like it was very red and paint like, but it was very bright, and I liked that. Pet. I was like, man, you should have used that. You know, yeah, instead of the concentrated grape juice that you yeah, use. Yeah, the, the concentrated the raspberry concentrate. Yeah, you, you, the frozen stuff you put in a big pitcher, and then you add water to it. Yeah, that's you know? basically what it looks like the whole time. And did you catch the name of the guy? They say it several times. Uh, of the guy that's the victim, the guy who gets away, that's uh, stumbling away down the street, that stumbles into the bar where the deputy, you know, of, of police is sitting there getting drunk with a couple of barflies. His name was Jim Carrey. Yeah, I was going to say so that. Every time they mentioned yeah. it, I just kept saying, uh, I, yeah, fucking Jim Carrey. Well, you know what? The scene actually is that he, they, after they show that thing in the beginning where it kind of sets it up about the druids and all, they cut to a scene where a guy stumble bumming it up the street. Like he looks like he's super drunk, but that's he's that's the guy you're talking about, the G Jim Carrey. Yeah, and he's covered in that whatever they got the beet juice on that extract on him. And then he's coming up the street and he's stumbling like crazy, but it actually looks pretty cool. And then this car, like a teenager, something is like slows down or kind of looking at him. They keep driving like what you know. They don't really show who's in the car, but he's kind of stumbles it up the street. <clears throat> And then he makes his way uh, into this bar where he collapses. But before he collapses, everybody in the bar, everybody in the bar, it looks, it's like a cop, the cop bar or whatever. Like the cops are always in there getting fucked up. And, uh, and the locals, it's yeah. just like a couple, it's like four or five of the local schmoes that hang out. And they're always in this little bar. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, it's supposed to be evening, but it looks like it's morning and they're getting fucking loaded. And this thing with his tongue, it's like, they're like, oh my God, like, what is this? And he's doing this thing that's real demonic. He's like, blah, 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 you know, and his tongue. Yeah, he's around. like wagging his tongue back and forth. I, I made a note of that weird tongue, tongue wag. <laughs> it was pretty creepy. I was like, what the, what now, what in the hell, why? And I'm like, man, they, what happened here? And, uh, but he, he collapses. He collapses, and then they're you know they're all kind of they're all kind of um, you know freaking out, of course, because that's low. That's the guy they were just talking about. Oh, there's Jim now. There. Now he's all bloody and dead. And then they go from yeah. That. Nobody thinks he's in any kind of trouble until he's uh, in, until he gets into the bar and does the tongue wag, and he's covered in blood. They just think he's fucking drunk, right? And then they cut to our kind of main young characters. Uh, young, like college age. They're supposed to be teenagers, I think, but they're like look like college age. Well, stuff being a thirty-year-old freshman, you know. Right, <laughs> and that's Don. Uh, Don. What was his last name again? Don. Oh, Tucker. Oh, Don, Don Tucker and Jenny Anderson. Jenny Anderson Our and love uh, struck couple. Yeah, and she's the the pretty blonde girl, and he's the nice kid who's like gonna be. He's a in gonna be a doctor or a scientist or something and they're on the lawn kissing uh not the lawn they're down by a stream hanging out and they're kissing and you know they're kind of they're, they're just by the yeah like the stream kind of a right, creek like or a something creek. like that yeah yeah and they're just hanging out and then it cuts to some guy that i'm not really sure 
why he's looking at it. They cut to a really burly guy that's got his shirt off. He's really burly, and he's sitting in his jeans, and he's sitting at a picnic bench getting drunk. And uh, I thought it was a park initially, but I guess it was his backyard. And he's looking at he's looking at a black and white photo of a his. I, I'm assuming it's his wife. And yeah, they looking, they never make it clear that he's just drinking straight from the bottle and admiring this picture. Yeah, and he's he's in his socks, like his boots are laying there. <laughs> and it's like he's just getting fucked up, like he's just like, and then something's going on. He grabs his booze. And he's pounding away at this bottle of, I'm assuming it's vodka or whatever. Then they cut to a woman who's, uh, I, I'm assuming it's the lady in the photo, because they, they kind of cut back and forth, do that thing. And she's chained up in, in this, like, like a shed or a garage or a barn. And she is kind of like, she's got blood coming down her nose, and she's her hair is kind of stringy and stuff like that. And they got this machine hooked up. And I got a comment about this machine, which I that was really effective. It's kind of making like a sound in the background, kind of like, and it's got a tube, <laughs> that huge ass tube, big tube, and they've got it hidden, but they got it for a reason. It's like it's supposed to be, I guess, sucking the blood out of her. But the noise that they overdubbed of this machine making this noise, <laughs> it's kind of like it's like. <laughs> And it's like the weirdest noise, and it it's really disturbing because because when it's making this sucking noise, you can see like like little bits of blood going down this tube, and the victim is just helplessly like chained to the wall while this machine is sucking away her blood, and it's really it's hard to describe it. It's just a weird. I don't know if you picked up on that, but the oh, noise yeah. the machine is like, uh, is very very strange, and it's really disgusting. Well, and- <laughs> it's like- the uh, the note I made about it was not so much the the noises that it made, although I I mean I totally like you know picked up on that, but it was the fact that it was sucking a lot of air. Like this tube yeah. is as big around as like your you know your middle finger, it's a meaty right. tube. Right. It's right. sucking blood and like it's lots of air, like, lots yeah. of air. And like when the guy shows up that's in the hood, so you never really know. Who it is? I'm. I'm assuming it was the Egon character with his, right. you know, black hood on and a set of overalls. You know, he just pulls the tube out. It, there's no kind of, and it, it makes that sucking noise. I go. <laughs> the sound I, yeah. choices in this movie were fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, so they're doing that. That's a pretty cool looking scene, though. I mean, it's pretty wicked because that's the first. Oh, it's real, creepy. You know, she's chained up around her neck. And then the hood, the guy in the hood, that's effective. You're like, the, the like you, still shots from that could have been on the poster. You'd have, you'd have gone to see the movie just for that. I mean, it was pretty good. Um, so, he, yeah, he does that. He pulls the tube out. And then, you know, it's pretty much, uh, we go back to, it cuts back to Don and Jesse. Uh, they're kind of running. He's, she's ahead of him. They kind of collapse onto a lawn, and they're kind of kissing and screwing around. Nothing major, just a little, just a little goofing off. Yeah, as young kids do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear the dad. Now, what was her dad's name again? He's in the house. Oh, uh, Dr. Roy Anderson. That's played by Norman Kelly. The only guy in this movie that really, up until this point, had had any acting experience. Because I think the other, like, 
most of the other people in this movie did not have any acting experience. He was a theatrical actor, which I think showed off like in his performance because he is extremely over the top. Well, his cadence was very like theater, and the way he was. Oh yeah, I I, I really enjoyed him though. I liked his character, and even his. Oh older, yeah, me too. It was it made him he he was very enjoyable to watch. He's very likable, and he was cool, and and he was like a you know. So anyway, that's Jenny's dad. And then, so while they're kind of kissing on the lawn and farting around, uh, you hear him. I forget what line he says, but it's like, you know, Don, you know, you're not going to believe what's happening down in the lab or something. It's like some really over the top, like there is, you know, there is, something's happening, you know. So like I get Don, you know, is all excited because he's a going to school and he's going, he wants to be just like Dr. Anderson, you know, a scientist or whatever, a doctor. So basically, um, Don goes running to the house to go down to Dr. Anderson's lab. And, uh, and so this is when we kind of see the first thing with the, oh, what he does first. Yeah. He like feeds, he does a couple of things. Like he feeds their chickens and stuff and whatever. And then when the doctor yeah, called filler, filler scene, you know, killing a little bit of time. <laughs> so they get down to the lab. Now they're, they, they get down to the lab and he's showing him, Dr. Anderson's showing them this like this tall, looks like a bong, big tall beaker with a little bit of blood in it. And he's, he's telling him, he's explaining to Don that, that, this, that the volume of this blood has been multiplying. And then there's a bigger beaker because Don had took samples off of Jim Carrey. They, they let him, they, because he's a pathologist, a trainee or whatever. And so I guess this blood that he got, the raspberry juice, yeah, they, he got from, they don't show this, but apparently there's a little bit of sample he gave to Dr. Anderson to check out and find out what, what happened to Jim. They basically come to the conclusion that the volume, there's something going on with his blood that is causing it to multiply and grow. Like it's like, it's, so they think that it's, Jim, yeah, it's like growing in mass. It's this multiplying yeah, it's like volume, it's multiplying <laughs> and it's, it's growing in this beaker like it's getting more like it's like it just it's growing it's kind of this foamy shit at the top um probably help from alka-seltzer but it's yeah it's growing i mean like i think i think what they use is they use like cranberry juice and threw an alka-seltzer into it to make it fizzy (laughs) right or yes or some bubbly water or something but they got that going and the bubbles at the top and you're showing the stuff and and uh it Basically, they think Jim ex- like basically exploded. Like his blood is growing in him. Whatever happened to him, the blood in him is expanding, and it just causes veins and you know, all his corpuscles or whatever. You know, the shit just started. That's why he was all bloody. Um, and so that that so they're now they're now the thing is okay. So why is this happening? You know why? You know what what's the deal with the blood? And so you know he's got like his microscope there, and they're taking samples and. Dr. Anderson is trying to explain to him, uh, you know, what's up. You know, and like, he doesn't really know. I mean, I, I feel like he's making up a lot of stuff because he says at one point this is either going to be a major discovery for pathology or a major dis- disaster to mankind. Mankind, which was probably like, that's about, yeah, that's about what you would think, I guess, at this point. Like, what the fuck are we looking at here? You know, we're going to all start exploding our blood, you know. So they go, they cut back to the bar, and it's the same characters. They're all sitting around just getting fucked up. And there's like a kind of a 
kind of a guy on the floor. He's kind of cleaning up the mess. And and so they're kind of teasing him, like, you know, about, hey, and this guy himself is a little bit, uh, it's a little slow, you know. Uh, yeah, he's got some mental issues and that, and they're kind of teasing him a little bit. But he's cleaning up. The, he he's also seems like he's drunk. You know, he's got a bottle of beer next to him. But he seems like he's like got some 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 maybe some mental health issues, and he's oh yeah, he's yeah multiple to... men- mental health right. issues stuff going on here. And he's and I love while he he's I love explaining... the line that he has when he's like they're making fun of Jim Carrey and everything, and he's like his delivery of the that's not funny. The man dead, right? <laughs> that's good. He had a couple good lines in there. I can't remember now. I thought man, but yeah, that was I remember that. But it was kind of cool because. As much of lack of detail that this movie did have at times, this was actually kind of cool where they're showing him and he goes, the more I wipe up this blood, the bigger the blood stain gets. Like it's growing on the floor. I thought that was kind of cool. Like it's almost like like the blob, you know, like what is this? You know, like why is it, you know, why is it? So, they, you know, he's basically, you know, he's got this whole nasty rag soaked with blood. He's just kind of swirling it around. And of course, the different cuts and the edits—it looks kind of weird each time. But, but basically, yeah, this—they don't really get, you know, like what what's happening here with this blood. And, and then, it—they don't really show that again. But, but uh, this dude is um, basically going to town trying to clean it up. And there, and then, this is where now we see two kind of strangers. Um, if I if I remember correctly, I think this is the two guys that they're sitting at the bar. They kind of look almost like Amish. They got these like straw hats on, and they got they got yeah. they're, they're not they're not from around there. You can tell, and the guys in the bar know they're not from around there, but they're well, dressed like they're from around there. You know, they yeah. got like these big rolls on, and they look like they look like a couple of Amish guys. Really, they look like they're just worker guys that came in off from the barn, but they're not. And they talk kind of strange. And the guys there, well, you know, the 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 one guy that we see a lot of Egon. Uh, later on, Egon. That's it. He basically wants to know. He wants to know uh, where a street is, and uh, the guy gives him the information. Like, why? Why do you want to know? It's like uh, I got personal. We got personal business there, you know. Like he did. So they're act. So the locals are kind of like, hmm, you know, like what's up with these dudes? Yeah. So they've been- and uh, other guy's name. I don't know. Was it Egmar or Agmar or something like that? Like, they all had these weird names. I couldn't remember. Um, I'm probably I'm probably massacring the names because I mispronounce names all the time, so I apologize. But... They were all like that; those kind of names. So they leave the bar, and now they're basically um, they're heading. Uh, they, you show them leave the bar, and they they're heading out toward basically uh, to the which house are they going to? They're not going to Doctor Anderson's or. Going to... No, they're going. To, they're, they're they go past uh, Anderson's house because they show them kind of spying on the house a little bit. But they're going to uh... Whitaker's, the Doctor Whitaker or whatever is, or one of those. They're the people that supposedly went to California. Oh, that's uh, Doctor. Gosh, what's his name? Doctor, not Creighton. Creighton is, is the, the the priest, but um, I'm trying to think of his name. Kinsky. Kinsky. That's it. Who's also known as Sontag. They call him Sontag, and then you kind of realize Sontag and, and Kinski 
are not two different people when the when Dr. Anderson starts talking about his friend Kinski that he's going to call for help when you realize they're like the same person. Right. You see the scene right before that uh that oh this is, we're, we're missing a scene that's funny when they're going to the house uh you see that guy with the cane the one of the weird guys that that were asking for the address that they're they're kind of creeping around and going to his house. He all of a sudden they show it in kind of fast motion. It's funny. He's walking with a cane. And as a guy who walks with a cane, <clears throat> you never run that fast through any kind of woods. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, so they sped the film up and it looks kind of comical. But he's being chased by like a big white husky. And this white, it's a real beautiful dog, and it's snow white, and it turns out to be Jenny's dog. And he's chasing him through the woods because he was kind of nosing around. And so the dog took him after him. So he's being chased. And this is this is kind of like, you know, so the dog catches up to him. And then he does what nobody likes. He kills the dog. They don't really show anything, obviously. But they do a, they do a close-up where it's just some white fur. And it looks like he's hitting it. Yeah, with that weird red-headed, red-tipped uh, cane that he has throughout the whole movie. <laughs> And it's funny, like the dog's barking the whole time, screaming, you know, that is barking and 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 the guy's yelling and whatnot. But Jen, uh, Jenny doesn't wake up until the dog is being killed. Like all the barking and the running around and everything is one thing, but when the dog howls to, and is getting beat to death, that's when she wakes up. Right, so Buster. That was the name. That was the dog's name, Buster. Right, and then he he he. Not only does he kill the dog, then he he basically <clears throat> they show up by the stream. And it's all bloody on the rocks. And then they show, uh, they leave us a clue. There's blood on the rocks. And then there's like a big old fashioned, like, like skeleton key that's kind of yes. in the with some rocks. So that's like, okay, well, dun, dun, dun. what's this? And so they leave us this little clue for us to later. It has some meaning. And, and then basically she's looking for a dog now. She's out in the yard calling his name and she's concerned because obviously. You know, he's not coming back. She doesn't know what's going on. And then, then the, But then the blood farmer, they cut to a shot in between those when she's looking for him. And Don comes up. To, he go, It's a weird fade because he leans in close to the camera. Don does. He's like, I'll help you. I'll, you know, I'll find Buster for you and everything. He leans in to kiss her, which is leaning in towards the camera. But then it cuts to the Egon character as it pulls back away from his face. The Egon, the blood farmer, is now eating... Buster the dog. Yeah, it was, that scene was kind of cool, actually. Uh, it was it was shot very very good. That that was one of the few scenes I was just like, okay, I could see what they were aiming for here. This was a little bit of ingenuity right here. I liked it. I liked that part. Yeah, Don basically wraps a blanket around her and he tells her, "What are you doing out here? It's cold." You know, and then that's when he's telling her he's going to go. They do a close up of Don coming in for a kiss, and then her kiss, and it goes blurry. And then when they pull back, you see the guy. The bad guy, and he's got blood all over it, <laughs> and he goes <laughs> for another bite of the dog, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, what's going on here?" You know, yeah, so. that's just compounds. And now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna steal one of your phrases, Tom, if you don't mind. This compounds the bozo no no because he kills <laughs> they kill the dog, which is always a no no in, in in a film. You know, you kill an animal, especially a dog. But, but then he eats the fucking dog. That's the part that I was just like, oh, that's Bozo no-no times two. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, I'm glad they didn't really show much going on other than some bloody fur 
they didn't show any like entrails or anything. I mean, yeah, you know, hey, wait, like, wait, but, wait, bloody fur. You, what are you talking about? That that was that was grape juice stained fur. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it wasn't blood. Yeah, it was definitely you know raspberry flavored whatever cola, and then you know, <laughs> but he uh, concentrate, you know, so it could really stick to the skin. But but so there wasn't really there's not really for animal not if you're gonna watch the movie. I mean, it's not really all that harsh. Yeah, it's, a, it's not harsh. It's, it's not very graphic. It's very comical it's done as about as tastefully done as you possibly could do gonna, i think if you're gonna kill a dog that's about as clean as you can do it without you know getting too silly and uh you know where people would be like ah fuck that turn it off so anyway they go back <clears throat> at the house now uh, back in they go back to the house and they're having a uh, daughter jenny is getting dad coffee and and don is sitting down for a cup of joe himself got a tits got a sweater tied around his neck and they're sitting here talking about, you know, stuff going on and what they're going to do. And basically about the dog. Uh, no, they don't, she don't know about the dog yet. So no, it, co- it comes almost immediately after that. She goes to step outside and the dog is sw- uh, swinging from a rope in front of oh, their door. And that's what happens. So they show, they show a creepy guy creeping up by the mailbox and then she opens the door and then, yeah, they they show like this big, it looks just looks like a big fur, like a car, car seat cover. That yeah, yeah, that's a note I made that it looked like a big furry <laughs> yeah. pillow cover. Right, or yeah, or like a furry like a bathroom mat that they rolled up. Like it's yeah. like it's like, like a they big, wrapped it around a fucking pillow or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's the bloody dog. You know, you don't see a head or paws or anything. And then uh, so she's obviously freaking out, and he, so he Don runs out to find the son of a bitch and. She, that did this to her dog, and he's going to fuck him up. And uh, this is when he, looking around, he stumbles, if I remember correctly. This Is this where he finds the key? Yeah, because he finds the trail of blood, and he finds where he's pretty sure Buster had gotten killed because there's blood all over, and the key is laying in, in, like, the creek bed. Yeah, yeah, he pulls it out, and he's like, huh. So he's looking it over. It's got a little, if I remember right, it's got a little something tied to it, like a little leather strap or a... Yeah. A little leather cord. He notices like a house. Uh, it's kind of an old house with a flag on it. And that, that's going to turn out to play into the story a little bit later. Then they cut back to um, the doctor putting like the sheet over the dog, you know, in down in his lab. You know, it's like he's, you know, he's, and uh, and so they're, they're kind of talking about that. We got Don's back down there in his lab coat. And uh, Dr. Anderson there, and they've got, he's kind of puts a bloody sheet over the dog to cover him up. And and uh, so now they're kind of going on about <clears throat> what's going on and, you know, why and this and that. And then uh, what what happens in there? What, is this where he... Well, I would say this is where I think the next scene is uh, when we get the the, the awkward, the, the awkward uh, newlyweds. Uh, the the ah. they're only known as uh, like the Greenmans or the Greenfields. I can't remember the Green something or the Greenwalds. I can't remember Green something. But they're in the uh, they're checking into a hotel. There is a lot of random characters in this that are usually just random in, in the point of like they're just there for you know I wouldn't even say fodder to be killed. Yeah, well I act, well and this actually is a pretty cool scene there. They're in this like funky old hotel. I remember it being like back then it was probably kind of new 
but not super old. And these are the hotels that are still around on the roadside that you don't want to rent because they probably have bed bugs in them. <laughs> and, uh, you, can, you can practically see the bed bugs in this place. Like, like, the like, funny thing oh, is they only use one angle throughout like this whole thing. They're, they're looking in through the, like, the, the window. And I love it when he's like, oh, come on. It's a high-class place, honey. It's got a TV set and everything. And it's got the TV on the little TV set tray. <laughs> like, exactly. I remember, the, yeah, I remember those TVs. It's a pretty cool scene because she's like, she's pretty cute and she's ready to go. Like, she wants to get down with the hubby. And he's like, oh, let me take a shower first. They got this big suitcase full of clothes. And he's kind of like, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, she's like ready. Like, she comes out dressed all sexy like in her undies, like her nightgown type thing, like a pair of underwear and like a shirt, like a night shirt, but it's real skimpy. And she's 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 ready to go. And of course he's like, ah, I don't know. What, what's the rush? You know, you know, and uh, so so he wants yeah, to get Yeah, he literally says like he says something he's like we have our whole lives together. You know, like, don't rush it, honey. <laughs> like it's kinda of like, dude, get busy, man. You take a shower after <laughs> she's ready to go. But he, he he wins, and so she's basically like, okay, throwing the suitcase on the floor, and she's getting ready to hop into bed. She does say something cool like, oh, you don't want to leave me out here for somebody to come out here and snatch me and take me away, do you? You know, and like we know that's almost exactly what's going to happen. Right, and so yeah, and that's funny. So we get this kind of strange-looking guy, like we're watching him in the bathroom taking his clothes off. We don't really see anything, but it's just kind of like weird, you know, it's like this dude it's, getting it's in the shower. very awkwardly ready for a shower right and he's in there and we see him like getting his hair wet and he's kind of like ah, ah, ah like getting ready to soap himself up and it's just kind of a weird <laughs> and he keeps like i noticed like i made a note here uh, like he he treats this shower like a five-year-old would, would he lets the shower beat himself and, and you know shoot the water into his face he gets a mouthful of it and spits it gets another mouthful of I, it and spits it it's just like I, is this like, guy like, 35 or five Right, it's like, dude, you're taking a shower. Get fucking get it, get it done. You know, <laughs> like, what are you like? It's your, oh. it's your it's your honeymoon, dude. You're about to get laid. It's, you, you know, all right, bro, rinse off and then towel off and get the hell out there. You know, you know. It's like, so he's in there, you know, soaping up. You know, and gotta you know, do you know, wash every part of his body. <clears throat> so the poor woman, she's there, and then it's kind of creepy because it goes right to a shot of the guy with the cane. Standing here looking at her, she don't you don't hear her scream. Um, he she's it just looks like it's real close up on his face, and he's kind of yeah, an eerie close up, and he's holding that that cane that that that, that walking like, stick, yeah, up to his cheek, and then with big teeth, and he's just sitting there like smiling at her. So the poor woman, obviously, uh, and then they do a quick cut of the queen, the queen chick. We're gonna hear more about her that this whole thing's about. And then it goes back to. The thing, the guy goes into the shower like a psycho kind of scene. You know, the guy's in there soaping his balls off. And then fucking, you see like the the creepy killer guy come through and then through the glass of the uh, of the shower. You yeah, can see the shower door. The shower door, you know, that whatever they call that glass. It's, you know, that design, but it's kind of ripply. And then so the guy opens the door and the guy's like, Hoo! and the guy hits him with the cane. <laughs> Which, Which I made a note, like, the blood and the head wound was already on his head before he struck him. Right, yeah, right, exactly. So he's he's in the shower now, and then they cut back to the girl, uh, the uh, the poor girl's laying on the bed. She's, I don't see any, I don't remember 
if she was bloody or not, but she's laying there. And I, but I remember seeing her, her legs are twitching. Like her, 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 she, her, like she's got a twitching, like, you know, she's like not in the, like kind of in the death throes of like the head trauma that he must have inflicted upon her. Or, you know, her feet, her legs are kind of hanging out from the sheets. And well, it's an odd angle because her head is kind of obscured. And I remember, right, there was like a drop or two of blood on her cheek, but you don't really see the, you know, the quote-unquote head wound. But you're pretty yeah, much yes, led right. to believe was, that. It's the same angle that they use when they first came in the place. And, 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 there we and she was there. It was like that same camera shot. Like the camera's on the same spot. And she's there. And you could just see her legs twitching. Like not a lot, but enough to let us know that she's just you know she got fucked up. You know she's not dead. So and then so hubby he's in the shower. He's been bludgeoned by this cane. Now we're back. If I, we go back to the professor, the doctor's house. What do we got? Yeah, we have, and Don is trying to. He's in bed and Jenny's in bed. She's, she's kind of traumatized. She's, she's Don traumatized. is like trying to like. Uh, like comfort her about Buster, right? He's he's like holding her hand and rubbing her arm and giving her a kiss and a hug and you know he's trying to make her feel better. Now the doctor calls out again, like you, yeah, Don, you know you're not gonna believe what's happening down there. You know, <clears throat> so Don runs down there. The big beaker full of the blood that's kind of multiplying is now overflowing, and the poor doctor uh, Anderson is. You know, got this little rag in his hand, and this thing is just overflowing, and there's like no way. Oh like, yeah, it's like, like putting a band aid or you know gauze in front of a semi and saying, "Yeah, come on through." It's like, <laughs> dude, get a beach towel, dump this thing in the sink, do something. Like, this fucking shit ain't going. Yeah, it's like you're not gonna clean it up with this little little rag porn T-shirt you got in your hand. So, so anyway, so that that shit's going down. Then what they. <clears throat> what happens next? They're cut. They cut. Well, it cuts to the. Uh, they got so, that old Bel Air. Uh, Egon is driving the old Bel Air, and he drives up to the that that barn, that shack, where the other blood farmer, I guess you could call him, that doesn't really have a name, is waiting for him with a shotgun, and they they uh, they carried the bodies that he had just, you know, that of the. It's actually raining, for real, and then the guy that comes out with a shotgun, he leans it against a tree. And then they get the bodies out of the young, uh, the young married couple. So they're dragging them in, and uh, this is actually a pretty cool scene. They it's very, mo- very moody and and atmospheric, yeah. you know, with, with because it's very, the colors are very washed out, and with the rain, with real legit rain falling, it just it was one of the few scenes that felt very natural and not put on. Even the way they're looking down at the bodies while they're carrying them, they they're, they're close up on the guys' faces. And they're they're they look almost kind of sorrowful, like like uh, you know like kind of mournful. Yeah, a little like, bit. Like they're not you know they're not they're not looking like ghouls like <laughs> we've got the bodies. They almost look sad, you know, kind of like they're just kind of like you know like you know. Now, did you, know. you notice this? I, I noticed. I made a note here when the other goon uh, is is carrying the husband into the the barn and through the door that is the actual husband it's not a fake body it's not a dummy he's carrying through because half his body is hanging out of the, the the garbage bags or whatever it was that they had him in but he bonks his head off the door frame when he walks <laughs> in <laughs> yeah well i saw that way at first i'm thinking okay what do they got in that bag it's not a real and then you see the head you go oh 
He's really carrying that guy. Right on. Yeah. I, now, I appreciated that little bit of realism. Yeah, that was that looked cool when you saw the guy's head. I was like, oh, dude, he's really carrying that motherfucker. That poor guy did get his head bonked. I mean, he hit it a couple times off that door yeah. jam. <laughs> but that the is- price we pay as actors for the movies we make. Yes. I know one actor that was so into the part that uh, he... <laughs> Another actor fucking jumped on top of him so hard he got a rib busted and still worked the rest of the night with a busted rib. Didn't say a fucking word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Uh, that that guy is was much younger and much crazier, and, and uh, now he just does podcasts. Right. <laughs> I was... Not getting off the subject, but man, I'll tell you what, that was you were that was uh that was some fucking com- that was some commitment, brother. I mean, you oh, yeah. and rib, you know, like God damn. He hit well, you I like- didn't really realize it. Uh, it we're, we're joking around here, folks, but we'll I'll, I'll give you a we'll get off track here for a second, give you a b- brief history of this. The backstory we were filming Blood Moon River, uh Tom, myself, a bunch of other people, and the, the director of the film, who was also playing my brother in it, Dan Murphy, tackles me and tackled me several times into the ground for the different takes we needed. And it just felt like it knocked the wind out of me. But I pretty much knew the next morning when I had woke up, the, the pain I was feeling was from a, a cracked rib. And yeah, I, I kept I kept going. You know, I probably should have should have called it. But, you know, sometimes you just don't have that luxury. You got to keep going. We're dedicated we're stupid, but dedicated. You were definitely <laughs> dedicated, man. That was that was. I knew you were in pain, dude. That was that was pretty fucking. Yeah, that was right that up. was pre 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 heart attack cam. Post heart attack cam would would not yes. do that. Right, absolutely. That was that was pretty. I mean, that was that was pretty harsh. So, yes. all right, <laughs> back in the, though. Now, Lisa yeah. made it in the final cut. I, I told him, I'm like, if you're going to use it, you know, you're going to use that shit. You are not going to cut that shit out of the movie. I suffered for that part. I remember that. I remember when he, I was like, ooh, it was like a groaner, like, oh my God. Like that had, oh my God. It just, ooh. Yeah, I'm glad we did use it. We had to at least use it. So, but <laughs> like, my God, that was a, that was a, that was, uh, that definitely was tough. <laughs> But showed what you're made out of, dude. That was fucking pretty badass on your part. Yeah, do anything, do anything to get that to get the shot, man. Anything. You did it. So we've cut back now. Now we're in this. It looks like this ramshackle house. The roof looks like it's falling apart, but it's actually it looks like this kind of old creepy farmhouse. And we've got the the plexiglass coffin uh, that the queen that this whole show is revolved around. Queen, what's it gone? I got a uh, Ina Harda. Hun- Ina- Queen uh, on Harad. On on Harad. Uh, so she's the queen. This beautiful blonde woman that's laying inside this glass coffin with flowers on her. It's actually a very cool looking shot. Uh, and they've got some ca- candles up by the head of the coffin, and and throughout the room, it's lit kind of creepily. Probably just the candles. This is where we get. Um... Well, this is where we get the the introduction of uh, Creighton or Creighton or Creighton. Yeah, I think it's Creighton. But uh, who's probably, in my opinion, this actor, Paul Craig Jennings, I made a note of it, is probably the best actor in the film. I mean, none of them are really professionals besides uh, Norman Kelly that plays uh, Dr. Anderson. But like 
I, I'm, I, am I the only one that thinks he looks like a much older and hairier version of Neil Patrick Harris? Because I may, I'm like, I'm like, he hey, totally looks like Doogie hey, Hauser. Thank you, Doogie Hauser's voice, Doogie Hauser's face, and he has Mickey Dolenz's mouth. Now I don't know if you're familiar yes. with the month, but if you're familiar yes, with Mickey Dolenz, he looks like his mouth is, is there something to this. The, his mouth, I want. I looks like fucking Mickey. Totally with you. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say it. Totally fucking Neil Patrick Harris, the voice, the way they... That, this actually was one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. I think he was fantastic. This is the guy that if this movie was to ever get remade, which it's not, but if it did, I nominate Cameron Scott to play him. Not only because you're a good actor, but the pork chop sideburns this guy's wearing are fucking looking <laughs> good. And you are the guy that should be wearing those fucking, could you grow those out like you normally do and you'd fucking fit right in. You fucking yeah. look. Oh, I would play role. that part wholeheartedly. I'm putting this out there into the ether. If anybody wants to remake this film, I will definitely, you know, uh, audition for the part. I tell No problems. That was the third thing I thought of. First thing was Mickey Dolan's mouth, Neil Patrick Harris' voice, and, and the mannerisms. And then I went, the minute he turned sideways, I saw his pork chops. I go, ah, my buddy Cameron. There, there he is. <laughs> in this. So anyway, it's a good scene. They're, it's kind of like they're, he's basically, isn't it Kinski that Dr. Kinski is in this scene too? Yeah, yeah. but at this point, we only know, know him as Sontag. Yeah, so he, is, he ends is, up getting. Is, yeah, right. I'm getting ahead of myself. He comes. Well, he is the, revealed to be Doctor Kinski later on, but you know, right. But in this thing, he's one. He's one of the cult. He's Doctor. He's the Sontag or whatever his name is, and then he's in there with him, and they're looking. Uh, and so basically, one of the guys that brings the bodies in, one of those uh, dude, the dude that had the shotgun, he's in there. And they're going on. I forget what they're talking about. They're kind of going on a bunch about a bunch of stuff. Well, they're talking about uh, they need a um, a blood sacrifice or a, a, you know to complete the transition. The, the, uh, in what, why what they need and why? Well, they're basically the complaining about Egon. They're ba at one point they're complaining about Egon because he's kind of a wild card and kind of takes too many risks and right. you know, he's kind of fucking up because of his own personal you know quote unquote desires and whatnot but as it cuts back and forth between that and them draining the blood from uh our poor mary dude that they had had uh, killed and taken up uh, and just real quick egon's the guy with the cane who ate the dog so yeah he's the loose cannon and he's he's the he's the is that correct he, he that's egon yes. right yeah, yeah that's the, that's now, the loose cannon right there now they cut to the scene you're talking about. It's like on the barn, like a barn room floor. That's dirt, wood, kind of everywhere. This is a good scene. This is creepy looking. This is like Rob Zombie creepy. Like this is like yes. dude, like, dude's laying there, and it's pretty cool because when they turn the machine on to start sucking the blood out, like he starts twitching, and he's like, he's you know, he's like his body kind of starts reeling and twitching, and it's pretty fucked up. You know, they're 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 sucking it's creepy. Down. And, 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 you know, just the way he's kind of bouncing up and down, uh, they got him tied up and he's just basically he's got a, like a sack wrapped around him. But, you know, he, and a uh, poor guy was just taking a shower. Now he's laying here twitching. Didn't around. He, on a 
didn't even get to consummate his fucking marriage, but that was his own fault. Yeah, he he had a chance. They could have fucking got it done there. But uh, anyway, so so they're sucking the blood out of this poor fucker, and uh, he's just he he kind of you know he's just twitching away there and they're sucking the life out of him. They kind of go back and forth, uh, and they're showing the and then I got to bring up the thing here when they're showing our lovely queen. It's kind of like a Snow White little moment. She's all dressed beautifully, and she's laying there in this glass coffin. And um, it's a pretty cool shot. But you can see her breathing. <laughs> you can, oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, I'm like, okay, she's got to be breathing, because that's a long shot. It's like a long time they're on this thing. And like, there's no I mean, way you can tell she's not, like, heavy breathing. You know, she's taking very short, shallow oh. breaths, but it's still very apparent. Right. Right, it's like you know she's sitting there a long time, and it's like there's no way she's gonna hold her breath. And you know they probably didn't think about having something over her, you know, so she could breathe and not see any moving. But you see her breathing a little bit. And I figured, and I, the minute I saw it, so I go, I'm gonna zoom in on that and watch because she's gonna be breathing. <laughs> so and she well, was. This is where they kind of they start explaining the whole idea of these sangroid uh, druids are trying to they're trying to find. With their ultimate goal is to find a blood host for right. for her for the queen, and that's like why they've been sacrificing all these people and taking, uh, you know, the the blood uh, samples and whatnot, and they just haven't been able to find a blood host yet. But we know they will. We know they will because that's what these movies do. Yep, that's exactly what they do. And this is a good scene because it's kind of telling us why they're there. A little bit of exposition, but it kind of needs to be there. Because, you know, it's kind of like, okay, what's going on, you know, so... Well, at this point, we're a good third of the way, almost halfway through the movie. They needed to have a little bit of something to kind of tell us, like, all right, you know, we know there's blood farmers, they're killing people, but why are they doing it? Yeah. And it's it's good, it's quick, it doesn't tell too much, it gives you enough of a, you know, enough exposition, but not too much. Right. Agreed. It was much needed, just so you knew what the hell's going on. Um... Now, let's see, we're still, we kind of go back and forth. Uh, they're, they're talking, and then where we go next year? They've got, uh, they do a lot of cuts back and forth to the queen. She's laying there in her coffin. And then we go back. Now we're back to, we're back to uh, Dr. Anderson, isn't it? And, and yeah, we've got, uh, who is it? This is now Don is coming back. Um, and he's, he's, gonna he's got the, he's got the key that he found. Yeah, that's it. He's going to show, he's going to show the key to Dr. Anderson and Dr. Anderson's going to be like, okay, he kind of notices right off the bat that this is some strange metal. Like, yeah, like, oh. unidentifiable alloy. I think he called right. it. Right. Like I've never seen anything like this. And he like taps it, you know, and he's, so this is yeah. what is, yeah, like, very scientific. He taps it with uh, like a butter knife that's laying there from his breakfast. That's just like, oh, it's, it's not lead. It's too heavy. <laughs> right, right. This is yeah. This is nothing of this earth. You know, like you know, not really that far. But yeah, you know, he's obviously he's alarmed by the metal, and it just so happens he knows a doctor friend of his that's that's very, um, very uh, specific in his studies to this kind of metal. Uh, or not this kind of metal, but about the studies of, of origins of artifacts, ancient artifacts and different things. So this right. guy, is gonna, he's going to be able to kind of zone in on what this is. Like, what is this key? What is it made out of? And why is it, you know, what, what's going on? So he's going to call his buddy 
and I believe this is where we get we get introduced by phone call, uh, we, and we find out it's the same guy. Is that correct? If I remember, yeah, because he calls up and he says that you know he his uh, the guy he calls. I, 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 he, he calls the guy's office and he gets a hold of somebody else and the guy's name was Cameron. So I made a note of that. I'm like, oh, can't right. trust a guy named fucking Cameron. Right. Oh, that's yeah. That's what you knew. It was everything was going bad right here. Yeah. He, but, uh, he gives him the number of where, you know, he's supposed to be like doing some experiments and some, uh, so, some you know doctor type shit that were on, on location somewhere. And he calls him up and that's when we see that, the friend Kinski that he's calling is actually Sontag. Right. So he is already, you know, he's neck deep into this stuff. So when he tells him about the, the artifact, he realized that it's the key, this ancient key that uh, Egon had dropped while killing Buster the dog. So that's why he's yeah. kind of the wild card. You know, he's kind of the loose cannon because he's just taken too many chances and leaving clues behind for them to find. Right. And then it just so happens that uh, he's going to be in the area tonight or whatever. Doesn't he, like, invite him over to the house? And, yeah. Kids, he's going to stop by and see the key. Like, oh, he just happens to be around. So he's going to stop by the house, uh, the Anderson residence, and uh, have a look at this key. It was the key of Menanon. But the, I made the note yes. that he dropped. The key of Menanon. And uh, the call, you could tell the house that he calls is like, it's kind of that ramshackle fucking farmhouse we're using like it's that Kinski sitting in this office that's kind of like a some weird looking mismatched shelf and a bunch of books thrown everywhere and well and this place has fallen apart like the ceiling tiles are are, are drooping in and falling apart the the, the wallpaper is peeling it, like it condemned building or something it's this like weird house that they probably shouldn't be in. <laughs> it looks like a place that we probably have filmed in once or twice ourselves in the past. Right, so we, sure. would, we would be like, yes, the floors are falling in. Let's go. Everybody, right. come on. Everybody in here all at once. No yeah, structural yeah, integrity whatsoever, but right, fuck it, let's go. Right, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> action. <laughs> and uh, so we're back. Uh, we're kind of still with now. Now we know who Kinski is. And it's Sontag, so now we know. Okay, so we we got we got a weird thing going on here. And then uh, if it wasn't weird enough, and uh, let's see, what are we? Well, we get the the next scene we get is the reintroduction of a uh, topless guy, topless drunk guy from right. earlier on in the film carrying. That's, that's right. I was thinking, I'm going, where where what happened next? That was where. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He, like now we know he's in his yard. He's still a topless guy. Had a few drinks, and and uh, he's he's got this kind of like sickle type thing that he's gonna go chop down. It's like oh, all these all these bushes, and he comes in, and then unfortunately for him, that guy, one of the guys in the hoods, are, is there, and the black hood guys from the cult. You he, he goes and the guy kind of jumps out, and rams something into the poor guy's eye. Well, and he had he a, uh, it, it was a syringe of some sort, and he stabs him in the yeah. eye. Stabs him in the eye, and that's pretty good blood work there. He's got him, he's like holding his eye, and like it it's not bad. Blood. It actually and, looks like blood. It, it, it legit looks like blood and not grape juice for once. Right. And so he, he, he kind of runs through his yard, and then the guy gets him and whacks him with the thing, and, you know, and then that's the end of that guy. And then now we're back to, uh, what's the guy... 
the guy that was cleaning up the shit earlier, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the drunk the, guy that was cleaning up the bloodstone. Uh, I forgot what his characters, because there's a lot of characters in here. They don't have them. They don't ever call them by name. And not only that, but on the IMDb and even the Wikipedia, they don't have character names. They're just listed yeah, by their actor names. So. Right. So he gets kind of pulled, like he's looking for a ride, and he gets pulled into this car, this whole Bel Air, and it pulls off. And now we're back uh, at the Andersons. We pulled in. We're in this really nice, uh, I think it's an old Ford Mustang, I think. or a, Oh, yeah. I made a note of that. Like, Don has a bitchin', like, 67, 68 lime so, green Mustang. It's a beautiful yeah, Mustang car. Mustang or, or a Cougar or something. It's 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 a beautiful car, and he's gets like a... Yeah, with white interior, I was like, "Man, that car is fucking badass." So, anyways, oh yeah, beautiful lime green paint job and white leather interior. <laughs> Although Jenny doesn't look like she's having any fun in this scene whatsoever. I think, like, I don't know if it was just the the quote unquote acting, or she was just like, "I'm over this." Are we done filming this fucking movie? But she looks completely over like everything. I, I want to get home. I'm done with this. How, you know, let's let's wrap this fucker. So anyway, I forget what they're talking about here. She's still, you know, she's still in bad shape over the dog. Well, they're listening to the radio. Oh, the radio announcer. Yeah. The radio announcer is talking about there was the double kidnapping, and they think, you know, foul play was involved, and that was the uh, the, the married couple, the Greenmans. Yes, that is correct. So they go through that, and then uh, and then they say, well, stay tuned for a, uh, a word from the uh, – from one of the like an official like a cop and like they do they do a different voice it's like i'm not going to say anything until sheriff uh what's his face gets back uh gets back in town and then they don't really say anything i gotta make a note here uh make a, a point here they have talked about police chief uh spano several times and everybody even the deputy is always talking about like you know he when he gets back oh man well when he gets back he's going to take care of this situation because the deputy is just too busy getting drunk like it's not until like another i mean he hasn't even been introduced yet like he's like this character that's almost mythical in a way because they keep talking about him but you never see the motherfucker you keep thinking it's going to be like you know you don't expect to see the guy you end up seeing like I expected, like an older dude, almost like a Tommy Lee Jones kind of guy, come walking in. And but he looks like uh, he looks like Daniel Baldwin doing a Rocky Balboa voice. Right, like, right. It's real. not you think like when you finally see the guy. Like I, I didn't expect this. No, no, but, not at all. But now we're back. Oh, this is the scene where she is. She's going to take this cookbook back. This came up in a conversation before. Don doesn't want her to leave the house. He, he wants her to hang out, you know, for a few days and relax. She, yeah, she gets back to the house. Well, Kinski slash Sontag is now at the house with her father, Dr. Anderson, right. you know, talking now, about that key. But yeah, yeah, she takes the, I think it was, I remember right. If I looked at it, it was the joy of cooking. Yeah. <laughs> but, because Kinski's smart. He's like, ah, this is just kind of some rinky-dink little trinket here. And he plays it off because he wants the key back. So he certainly doesn't want Anderson to think there's any value. So it's, ah, this is just some you know trinket. And he's kind of blowing it off like it's no big deal. This is where I told you about, if not, not that you're going to watch it again, but if you did, 
this is another one of those continuity things I find it. She's in this like pretty little 70s, early 70s, late 60s paisley print dress. And she sneaks out of the house with the book because she's going to go deliver this book back to her friend anyway. She never makes it because when she gets outside, Kinski's there. And he says, I thought you were going to bed. And he makes her go back in the house. And he kind of Now, is the, is the continuity the issue with the clothes or the fact that it goes from night to day, well, back to night, back to day, back and forth? When he chases, when he tells her, and he's like leading her back into the house, she's wearing like, she's wearing jeans. It's like she's not even wearing anything close to what she had on. So I thought, I was, I was like, whoa, boy, they, they really didn't pay attention here. You know, it's, so. it's not like they got a slightly different dress or that yellow sweater that she was wearing all of a sudden went from yellow okay. to green. No, no, she went from dress to full on jeans. I don't like it. Also, from one shot to the next, I did notice this. I didn't notice the jeans part. I'll go back and watch it because I, I, I totally believe you. I don't doubt for a minute that this was a continuity issue. But I, what I noticed was the fact that as she's walking, the yellow sweater that she's wearing over the dress went from being buttoned up to her neck to being completely open, to being buttoned up again, to being completely yeah. open again. Exactly. Um, and then uh, what did we do here? Um, oh, this is, they go back to the barn and they've got the, the poor guy that was drunk that was one stumble bumming around that was wiping up the floor earlier that they were making fun of. They got him on the floor and they got a tube coming out of his belly. And, uh, and that's pretty gross because they're pressing down on it and they're trying to hold him down and, and guys press down. And it's like this really gross, um, uh, let's see where that, that tube is like sucking blood out of his belly into this thing. And then, so it's pretty, it's pretty like that weird noise. That yep. And like again, sucking. it's sucking an awful lot of air. They're getting a lot of awful lot of air from inside the human body. Right. And it's 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 pretty gross. So they're do they they're going back and forth, cutting between her with the sweater being buttoned and unbuttoned to Kinski, like, hey, because she's almost going to the house where uh, the old like that fucked up house, I guess that was the lady or wherever Miss Whitaker or whatever that she was gonna deliver the cookbook to. And Kinski's like, Hey, I thought you were going to sleep. And that's when you see when they walk by the car. You'll see her in the jeans. She still has the yellow sweater on, but it's the back of her, and you see the jeans, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, so that's just funny. So so now... Continuity, schmontamuity. Yeah, schmontamuity. So they're cutting back now. They're back in the house. He, the priest guy, um, is, is basically all... Uh, What's he doing? He's basically got a book in his hand. They're they're going on about about the ceremony and shit. They're dragging bodies too. Now you we cut back in the woods. We've got the guys in the hoods and a body in a wheelbarrow. And yeah, it kind of cuts back and forth all over the place in this one because Sontag like, Kinski gets back to the uh, gets back to uh, Creighton. Because he's going over, he's like, who was the drifter they picked up? And he's like, oh, he spun his last tail. He won't be talking anymore about us. Now we're back in the bar, and we've got one of the cops with his hat on backwards. And he's like, he's drunk. Oh, he's, and, he's, and he's drunk as a skunk. Yeah. And I think we I, need to mention the name of this place on the outside. The outside of the bar is called The Huddle 2. But right. everybody refers to it as Shorties. So Right. So, uh, shorties huddle too, you know, whatever. Right. 
Now, this is a scene where they're talking to the one guy, and this is the guy that was in the Shriek of the Mutilated. He's in a couple of the bar scenes, but he's really in this scene. He does a lot of talking. He's The cop is behind the bar with the hat on backwards. And he's talking to this guy, and the guy that you see was the actor in Shriek of the Mutilated. He was that main... He was the... He was out in that first scene where he kind of loses it at the party. Yeah, a- yeah, and then um, he stabs or slices his wife or girlfriend in the neck, and then she kills him with the toaster in the in the bathtub. <laughs> that guy, that's that guy. He's there. He, uh, he's in this scene, and uh, I recognized him. I can't remember his name, but that's that's him. And then, uh, so basically, we've got so now we've got drunk cop. He's answering a phone call, and. Isn't this the sheriff that's calling him? The yeah, sheriff the is chief. calling him. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the police chief. Yeah, this chief. is our first actual like introduction of police chief. He's caught in a storm, and he's saying he's going to be back. He's going to yeah, I'm going to be leaving in the morning. He's trying to make his way back. So now this is we've seen the this is the first glimpse we get of the the famous uh, Sanos. Oh wow! Uh, what the hell is this for uh, Spano? Police Chief Frank Spano, and the guy who played him's name was Frank Iviano, which I made a note. I, I looked at a couple of reviews for this because you sent me that sent me that one really funny review uh, of the movie that I, I love so much. But this guy ended up finding out about a decade after this movie came out, this little tidbit of information here, is that he had a fan club out in California that had formed because they loved this movie so much they would watch it like on a weekly basis, you know, and have groups of friends come over and had a fan club. And apparently they contacted him, you know, it was the only movie the guy had ever done, but they liked him so much they formed a fan club and kept in touch with him until the day he died and uh, sent him like yearly birthday and Christmas cards and whatnot. So I thought that was like neat that this one guy who did one movie randomly in 1972 had a fan club. Dude, that is cool, man. I mean, think about that. Like, this one dude, like, you would think, like, nobody would even know this guy. And there's a fan club, you know. You know, that they, that's really, that's cool. I did not know that. I did not. That's, that is really cool. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a pretty neat little tidbit out there. So you never know. Maybe one of us have a fan club out there, and we don't even know it. Right. <laughs> They're back in the house, and I think this is the start of the actual ceremony is or because I think they've got enough blood <clears throat> in our 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 priest uh that I can never remember his name that you keep kindfully kind kind kindly kindfully keep saying his name. I don't remember I can't remember oh. his name. The guy Creighton. that you should play. Creighton, that's yeah. it. Um, I'll just say the guy that Cameron should play. Yeah, exactly. And then uh uh, uh, he he's got a bowl of blood. He takes a sip. Now the guys we're in the room now again with the with the glass casket, and there's no <clears throat> there's no top on it. Um, she's just laying in it, and then now uh, the guys are coming in, and they, they have the black hoods on their heads, um, and the uh, uh, Creighton is standing there. Basically, he takes a sip. Right. And that hands it to the first guy. He takes a drink. Next guy takes a drink. But when they take a drink, they stand up on something. They lean down in the casket and they give the the queen's corpse. They give her a kiss. They give her a kiss. Yeah, very odd, very odd, odd place. But like very creepy. I thought it worked really well. 
Yeah, it looks cool. It's it's pretty, you know. And uh, so they the camera sh- there's basically just a one camera uh, shot there where they kind of like two and or three it, do that. It looks like it's to, to be honest. It looks like it's being shot through a keyhole. You know, the whole yeah. time it like it has that kind of that that fisheye lens kind of look to it, like it's being shot True. through a keyhole. Yeah, you're it's right. Creepy. It had like a like when they do the binoculars thing, you know. <laughs> But it's got like yes. a black around the, around the hole. Like it does look like it's looking through a hole. And then uh, <clears throat> now we're back with uh, we're back with uh, with Doctor Anderson. Uh, and we get our he... first real real glimpse at because uh, he was on the phone with the uh, the chief. We like and other than like the one shot we had of him, you know, of Chief Spano uh, in the. What do you want to call it in the phone booth? You know, in the rain and everything. Where we never get a clear look at him. This is really the first time we get our we clear see. first look at him, and he is—he's a—he's a strange cat. He's a strange character. It's—it's it's definitely like like a shit costume for the sheriff. Like I don't know, it just looks weird. It looks like you oh, know. he's like his gun and his holster, like old, from an old Roy Rogers western and whatnot. You know, it's definitely not police issued. Something kind of weird and. He just looks goofy. It looks like it's like the first time you see him, it's like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I thought I was going to see something. Uh, I don't know. They build him up so much. Doing, but yeah. anyway, but once he gets talking and that, and that I kind of like the guy. Like, I like his mannerisms. Yeah, he's definitely kind of yeah. East Coast. You know, he's kind of like an East Coast, but Midwestern looking sheriff. But he's like got this East Coast kind of thing to him. Like, yeah, like he's out of Rocky. Like he came out yeah. of, you know, like I'm like that. Like, yo, hey. You know, it's like, and uh, so uh, they're back to that uh, where we got the guy creeping around. We got our, our boy, uh, uh, he's creeping Egon. around the house. Yeah, Egon, he, yeah, he's creeping around inside. Now we've got we've got Anderson kind of explaining what's going on with the blood to uh, Spano, Sheriff Spano, Chief Spano, and he's kind of explaining what's going on with the blood and what's in what's happening. And I think I think this is when. Anderson is is already got uh, he's already explained. I think isn't this where he's already figured out how to stop the blood from from? Yeah, expanding? he thinks he has. I forget how. I totally forget how he figured like what he figured he out. But he's got it. And anyway, so but he sends now. We got another cut now. We're I don't know if we're supposed to be nighttime or it's daytime, but we got a shot where we've got now Chief Spano, and we go to that old shack. And he doesn't realize he's expecting to find out who's who was at the Whitakers or whoever. And we've got uh, yeah, we've got Kinski who is Sontag who comes out and he's in a lab coat. He's like, and it's kind of like oh, I wasn't expecting you here, you know, like you know, and he, yeah, so exactly. Well, basically, Kinski's doing the old razzle dazzle, the old soft shoe, like, well, oh, this is a uh, and you know, and we have this is the second. Uh, wardrobe like misfunction or malfunction because uh chief spano's outfit changes i don't know if you noticed that he went from wearing light light khakis to wearing like the dark dark brown khakis and then it changes back into the light ones later on yeah exactly i was gonna yeah he did wardrobe malfunctions galore in this movie (laughs) wardrobes here and they um And so basically, Kinski's doing the old soft shoe, kind of like, well, you know, I'm out here. This is kind of like a, you know, top seat, you know, we're working on some stuff that, you know, people, 
it's about you know atomic he goes in this nuclear thing or something and like yeah you know, he talks about omega groupings and solar waves and a bunch of fancy stuff that like doesn't make any sense and nobody's gonna know anyway and he knows this cop's not gonna know and it's kind of like a bunch of big stuff big concept stuff and you know but you know he's basically out here because it's you know it's he wants to keep it secret and blah 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 and so the cop you know spano's kind of like yeah okay yeah whatever you know and he leaves and now he does a Columbo right before he's going to go. He turns <laughs> around and he's like, I thought like Columbo, too. It's funny you said that. Yeah, he does that. Oh, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Like, Pardon me. Uh, one more thing. You know, and he, and he brings up the thing about, uh, I forgot, what did he ask him? Uh, uh, oh, I forget. It's like, well, oh, he asked when the Whitakers would be back, I think. Oh, and then he talked about that he went out to California and that he wasn't sure. Some, he gave him some mumbo jumbo. And uh, and that was enough to satisfy uh, Spano, and he leaves. Then we cut back. We're back in the lab with a bunch of beakers full of blood. They get they get just tons of the raspberry uh, concentrate. Oh yeah, their get... cranberry juice budget must have been astronomical. I bet you they spent a thousand dollars of their twenty four k budget on cranberry juice and beet juice. Right. So they got these beakers full of, of stuff, and. I forget who uh, Doctor Anderson's talking to on the phone. Um, I don't know, but they're but they're he gets off the phone with somebody. And I thought he was talking to the Cameron character again that he had talked to. I think that's when he got yeah. Didn't he get some? He got something, and then he calls back over and he wants to talk to Kinski. And one of those weird farmer hands does something weird with the phone and makes a weird noise, like a little thing with it. Oh, it's Egon, whatever. And he does some weird thing in the phone, like a little thing with his hand. There's like a little explosion. Remember that? Like a boom. It was like, yeah. And then Kinski gets on the phone. And so now, like, it's kind of unraveling here. Like, what's going on? Like, he's talking to him. And he's like, hey, you know, you understand. You know, I don't. Well, like, because he's on the phone with Egon and Egon's talking to him. And he's like, there's no Kinski here. And he's just like, I was like. And then Kinski, you know, Sontag comes up and he's just like, oh, just one of my, he says something to the effect of like, just one of my students, you know, uh, you know, help it, help one of my interns having a little fun. Right, right. Uh, so he yeah. kind of plays that off. Like, guy, you know, is this, right, exactly. Like, this is a prank, you know, from one of his smart, smarty pants students. So they're going back and forth. And I think this is where, uh, didn't, <clears throat> Well, Something... it cuts to the police chief's uh, office, which is really, you could tell, they taped a map on the wall. They had a rifle rack and, and a gun hey. safe. And the old, old, like, egg-shaped sh- 8-track um, player that was on his desk. 8-track player with the big antenna. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have one of those. I picked one of those up at a sell-it-again resale shop back in the, like, late 90s. And since storage, I have one, a, the exact model like that. I had an old Panasonic 8-track player that looked like, remember the ones that had the T-handle on it that you'd slap? Yeah. And that was, and it almost looked like the things where they used to use when they used to show up blowing up a bomb. You'd hold the thing and close it down. But you'd yeah, slap the plunger. It, the plunger. Well, you'd slap this thing and it would click the tracks. And I had a blue Panasonic. But anyway, whatever. Oh, okay. So we're, we see the sheriff. Now, this is where, remember we talked about the girl with the, that she kind of pops in out of nowhere. And she's yeah, down. she's just a random character that's walking along in the woods in the creek, kind of dipping her toes into the water and just yeah, 
so she's kind of doing that. It's a pretty girl, brunette, kind of don't even remember why she's there, but she's she's one. I don't even her. think she knew why she was there. She's to be quite there. honest. Show a pretty girl. She's in like a like a mini skirt type dress. And she goes and she's laying on a rock. And of course, our buddy Egon, um, he's he's fumbling around through the woods with his cane and he comes up on her and um she's she's laying on this rock and then he just kind of they don't really show him hitting her i guess he just kind of touches her head or somewhere next thing you know she's her forehead's covered in blood and yeah she's got a massive head wound like she got hit by an axe but she like never really like didn't really do anything to make that it's just like a bunch of blood pouring her head but it's really good looking blood this is the blood I actually like that looked like they should have used this blood. But um, they yeah, had why, a, why there was so much inconsistency with the blood, blood, you know, everything looks so purplish and very, you know, weird shades of red. This is the one time where it really looks like legit. It looks realistic. Legit. Uh, and then, and then he comes in for a bite or something. It doesn't really show a bite mark, but he puts his mouth on her neck. Like he's bit her neck too. And then when he pulls up, there's blood like all over her neck. So there's a whole bunch of blood on it. And again, it's it's the nice looking blood. It's that uh, good, nice, thick paint like you know it's Italian good. giallo kind of blood. Yeah, it, it's good blood. It's it's really it looks good. It's a cool scene. And uh, so she's laying there covered in that shit. And uh, they do a shot where they kind of showing her laying there in the sunshine. And then they go back to uh, they're back in the lab. I think this is where. I think this is where um, <clears throat> Dr. Anderson explains to Don about how he, I don't know if this is where he tells him how he figured out to, how to stop the blood from growing. Well, yeah, uh, like they don't really explain it. He says like, yeah, but he, he put some type of enzyme or something in, in into it. But then he's like, like there's a drop of like some green stuff that turned out to be ammonia and something else. So it was some kind of, wacky little accident that you know this is how they and then, and, then it it. Kinda, and then it just kind of fumbles around a little bit now they're gonna go out on their date and uh and like uh, it's dawn and uh and she jenny's feeling better and so everybody's kind of happy right now and so they're gonna go out and uh and go on the date they're getting in that real cool car <clears throat> this is another continuity error where the doctor has got his button-up shirt on and they're talking to her and, he, and he's kind of waving them off as they drive away he goes back into the house smile on his face i think he's going to meet kinski and he walks yeah, in he's, the set, house. he's setting he's up a meeting with kinski again yeah right and he walks in the house and now he's got a tie on i'm like wait a minute <laughs> okay we got another one so he's got the tie same shirt it looked everything there but he's wearing a tie and, and uh, i yeah, think he called of- Lots of weird wardrobe malfunctions in this movie. Yeah, they were definitely not watching that at all. <laughs> so they got, they're meeting up with Kinski. He's got on the phone with one of those dudes again from the, or at the shack house. Was it? Yeah, well, happened? he called, well, no, Kinski shows up. <laughs> that's when, he, when Kinski shows up, he tells them, he asked him about the uh, the key that he gave him, and he's like, "Oh, it was a cheap penny arcade trink- trinket." And he's like, "I threw I, I threw it away," and he just right. dismisses it. He just dismisses it like, "Oh, oh okay, it's just just as I suspected. No, no, no worries." 
Uh, yeah, and so base. Yeah, exactly. So it's no big deal. I threw it away, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I didn't know you wanted it. Oh, it would have made a nice pendant for Jenny." And it's like, "Would it really? Would it really have made a nice pendant for her?" <laughs> Working out his nasty key from the scene where a dog got killed. You know, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, yeah let's have remember. this nice nicety of a remembrance. Like, remember when your dog got killed and, and, and massacred? Here, yeah, wear this around your neck. Right, this is the scene of where the murder took place, where your dog, you can wear this around your neck. So anyway, he's making drinks here. I guess it's kind of funny. He's asking for a Bloody Mary. Uh, Kinski is. <laughs> yeah. Well, close up on a glass, Bloody Mary, and then Dr. Anderson, he's drinking something else. Uh, he's drinking like a uh, it looks like a Shirley Temple to be honest snifter or something a little tiny little thing basically he, uh, Kinski's more interested in getting downstairs to his lab he's like oh yeah I'd like to certainly like to see that lab you know he's, oh there's really nothing down there that's uh, not, not that big of a deal yeah, that's not that nice. oh, well I'd sure like to see it well okay let's go see it so <clears throat> they get up to go down there and I think, if I remember correctly, the phone rings. And so he lets Kinski, he goes, yeah, just go on down there, I'll meet you down there. So he goes there and he yeah. gets a call. From then, uh, well, the, the Cameron character calls him back. Yeah, that's right. Cameron, he's, he's giving him some info. And then we cut to, we got the, we got, um, we got Kinski, he's nosing around. And then he, I think he picks up the phone so we could listen in on what's going on in the conversation. Like he's looking around first. Yeah, he's he's, he's eyeing up the beakers and all the no, test like, tubes, and the samples of blood. Because he doesn't, because he doesn't want. I think he's told Anderson's told him that he's found a he's found a remedy for this blood situation. I don't think he wants him to have that information. Oh no! Oh, no. Yeah, like so, he's listening to the phone call, <laughs> and he gets a little bit. So now he's he. He's looking into the microscope, if I remember correctly. He's kind of, and then like he he listens into the tail end of this call from from Anderson and Cameron, and so he kind of gets like okay, like like the jigs up, like he kind of knows what's going on. Yeah, because so, he said that uh, like Kinski had gotten upset when he had given him his when he given Anderson the phone number, and he was just like, well, that's peculiar. I think he's angry with me because I gave him your right. phone number, you know. Right, right. So it's looking. It's like you know. He's like, okay, I got to cover some tracks here. Because so, there's a whole big thing about he was supposed to be in Pennsylvania, but he's literally like, you know, down ac the, across the the the, the, the woods, right across <laughs> the creek. Yeah, so, down the creek. You know, stones throw away. Right, right. And so, so that's happening. And then I think uh, doesn't Anderson tell Cameron like, I got some more to tell you. I'll tell you later or something. And he doesn't. I think he's suspected, to be honest, I think, you know, even though they don't say it out loud and they don't really expand upon it, I think he knew they were being listened to. I think he knew that, that Kinski or, or Sontag was listening to him. Yeah, that could have been. That could have been. It was something kind of weird going on there. So he finishes up the call, and he goes down there, and then there's this funny scene where you've got, um, you've got uh, Kinski. I think he's holding a... He's holding a, a test tube with some of the solution that they came up with to, to stop this growth of the blood. And uh, he doesn't want him. Anderson's not like, hey, go ahead and just put that up. And Kinsey just kind of drops it like, oops, oops. You yeah. know, <laughs> he, kinda, 
Oh, don't worry. We have plenty more. Plenty more. So now, you know, Kinski doesn't want to hear that. He's got this whole thing of test tubes with, like, stuff on it, and he kind of walks off with it. And uh, so he's not, yeah, he's not not too pleased that there's more of this stuff. But he's kind of playing it off. And then he plays off the Pennsylvania thing, like, Oh yeah, I was up there for a quick meeting, and uh, and then I came right back or something. And so he yeah, because he says up. I sent him a postcard. Like you were in Pennsylvania for one day, and you sent this random guy a postcard, right? And then so he gives. Now he they cut. Don is is back for whatever reason. He's back in the driveway, and um, Kins, uh, Anderson gives him the case with the uh, test tubes in it. So and then he's back out there with his, with no tie. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he, so he's pulling out. There, there's no no wardrobe continuity in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> we've got we've got uh, Kagan with the key and he's dipping it in like I don't know if it's the blood solution or something and then he kind of licks licks the key or does something funky. He's back in there. Kinski's kind of explaining what's going on, and and uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know why people get all so licky licky with blood all the time in movies because my mind always says the same thing. It's like that's how you get like hepatitis and stuff. Right. I, I don't. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Right. And then they cut back, and then now we've got uh, Anderson and and Jenny are kicking back on the couch. Uh, actually, this is the first time you actually see Doctor Anderson having a smoke. And they're just chilling out, and they're they're going to have an evening at home, and it's enough, you know, everything's cool. And then creepy Kagon or whatever the fuck his name is, he's wandering around outside the house, and he's up to something. Tom, I mean Tom, Don is on the phone, and I think he calls the sheriff, doesn't he? Doesn't he call Spano? Oh, I. I can't remember because I know Egon is creeping around outside the house. On the and, house, and wanted them to answer the phone or something, didn't? Yeah, something. I think Don was trying to call. He was trying to call like the Andersons, you oh, know. And they're not answering. Oh, because they got kidnapped. This is what happened. Yeah, yeah. There's a very uh, yeah. like weird transition. It's like they're sitting, mom, not the mom and dad, but uh, uh, the the dad and Jenny are talking. Don is trying to call them. You see Egon outside with his cane and that uh, syringe. You see the outside shot of the house with him going in, but you never actually see like him attack them or whatever. You see, you, you right. just hear Jenny screaming. And That's, next thing you know, the, yeah. Now Don's looking at his watch. He's supposed to call at 6. It's 6.05. So now he's worried. And then Don, yeah, right. And then they go, they're back in the shed. You've got the... Uh, You've got the uh, Kagan there, and they've got everybody, and they're tying them up or whatever, and they've got uh, Dr. Anderson holding them by knife. Got Don now. He knows something's wrong, so he's at, he's at Sheriff. Uh, he's at uh, Spanos, and Spanos kind of like, what? And he's like, well, let's go. Go where? You know, like, where are we supposed <laughs> to go? Like, we don't, like, we don't wait for shit to happen. Where are we supposed to go? We're supposed to go over here. Yeah, where? Over here for what? You know, like, what are we doing? So anyway, so they, so Don gets Spano the fucking out of his chair. And then they go looking for, uh, he, 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 I forget what he, what he tells them, but he convinces Spano to get up and they go out. Okay. So they grab, so they, 
So they're, they're, they rush out. There's a funny scene that was weird. Did you catch this? When, they're, when, when Kagan's talking, and he, this is the first time he, he breaks fourth wall. He, like, looks at the camera. Do you remember that? Like, he finishes, like, one of his lines. And then he just yeah, looks yeah. at the It's like, why did he just do that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I caught that. I don't know why they didn't just cut two seconds it's, sooner. Fucking laugh. I, I thought that was funny. I'm glad. It's like, so what? In this movie, why not have a scene like that? He just kind of looks at the camera and says Yeah, something. and he says, test the girl. I, I wrote that down. He literally looks like right at the camera and goes, test the girl. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why and, did you break the fourth wall? And it was funny. I thought, okay, why not? Right? Like, why well, not? Why not? I mean, they, they no, probably thought it would. They probably thought it would play off creepier than it does. Right, but I, but it's it's funny. It's it's for this movie. It works fine. Yeah. Now we've got. Now we've got uh, I think we've we've got uh, we got Don and Spanos. He's in the cruiser with Chief Spanos. And they're looking all over the like they're driving like through a small the country roads. They're kind of each looking around. Well, they're and, looking for and the, it kind of cuts in between Don and, and and Chief looking for you know looking for the Andersons, and they're go- going back and forth where they finally found out that like Jenny is the perfect blood host for their queen. Right. So we've got that, and then now we're we're back in the house. We've got them. They're like. Uh, Anderson's being restrained. One, one of the guys got a knife out. Uh, we've got uh, Jenny like tied up. She's in like a purple dress. And then we're talking to the corpse, and we're getting <laughs> set. We're, we're you getting shall set. smite them. I love that line. He will rise some, from the grave, yeah, and you shall smite them. He's got a lot of good lines. Uh, yeah, he gets all the best lines in the movie, he, the, and the, the delivery's great. It's like a Shakespearean, like Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With and, a bad uh, porn stash. Yeah, with right, exactly. With the with uh, Mickey Dolan's mouth, and uh, and then now we got this is where unfortunately our man gets it. Um, he goes into some little shacky type thing. He sees a dead body, and then one of the hooded guys, if I remember, come creeping in on him. Yeah, it does a great. It's a really neat shot because it focuses on Chief. Then it turns, pans right, and you see the body hanging from the you know from the uh, ceiling. And then when it pans back left to Spano, you see that the guy in the black hood is there behind him and he knocks right. him in the head and, and takes him out. Stabbing him because he hits him, he gets him in the back. Spanish comes over and then he looks like he kind of keeps coming down with something. I don't yeah. know what he's got in his hand, but but now that it's. So we've done that. Now we're breaking back to that opening thing. Remember the the cool looking reddish kind of smoky looking. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do that again. Psychedelic looking shot from the from the opening. Yeah, they bookend it. It is bookended very nice by that shot. I I did like that. It it is cool. They should have kept that, but but they kind of go into like a daylight thing where they go back and forth, like a little cut of that, and then they're standing on the edge. Then they've got now. Our queen is laying in the coffin with no lid on it. She's kind of out there, and they're kind of standing on these rocks overlooking like a valley. Now, like, here's the point where I, I had some uh, also a bit of trouble with the continuity because they said that this uh, cult had formed 50 years after the birth of Christ, and that after 
so many years they had all went extinct, you know, and, and disappeared. And he makes the point, it's like, after you're 300 years asleep, you shall rise again. I'm like, wait a minute, 300 years? Right. We don't think that timeline matches up quite, the, quite, right. quite right there, pal. <laughs> I think our script, script uh, writer was, uh, was just kind of fucking, probably fucking staying up late one night and just kind of threw that line in without thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just threw shit at the wall, and he's just like, "See what sticks." But it's so a great location. It's like a quarry, you know, with the, the the big lake underneath. You know, it it's really a beautiful location. It's like the first real, like, beautiful location of the movie. Yeah, and it looks pretty cool. They got they they the blood looks good on this thing too. They they cut Jenny's arm, and they're putting her blood drowned into a bowl, like a one of those stone bowls, like a. And so they dip his hand in it, I guess, Kagan, and they, he, <clears throat> he goes down and he puts some blood across her lips and then she instantly wakes up and she, she didn't, she just kind of sits there for a second, opens her eyes and then she, she's kind of looking up, you know, she doesn't like get up right away, doesn't say anything. And then she puts her arms up and then she I kind of, you know, like this was the first time I seen this film, you know, so not, I, was, I wasn't a, a privy to anything, you know, to uh, going into this. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if we would ever see her move, ever see her like revived. Hey. But when that blood just touches her lips, she just her eyes just open in me like instantly. And they're all right. like, hail queen unhearted. And she right. rises kind of like a vampire, very vampire like if it wasn't daylight, I would kind of think she was a vampire herself but you know yeah exactly well that was yeah i, I this is the first time i'd seen it too so i was i wasn't aware um and uh and it, so her, her so her rise is pretty cool she gets out she steps out of the coffin and she's there and it kind of goes fast don comes running in the scene he's got a he's got a, a hypodermic needle i'm assuming with the stuff the antidote in there and like he jabs her, and then everything falls apart. Like a, uh, if I remember right, a torch falls on one of the characters, and he lights on fire. But he's laying there, and everybody basically everybody falls down, and like, like it's like, like whatever just happened to the yeah. queen. They're all suffering from it. They're all dying. Yeah, they like all like everybody. Like all he had to do was stick the everybody. queen with it, and it affected everybody. They all right. just like dropped. Once he got her, it was it. So now we've got uh, we got Don, we got Jenny, and then we've got uh, Dad, Doctor Anderson, and they're all kind of kind of getting like kind of looking around, and you know, there's like a little bit of smoke from the one guy that's burning. And yeah, and, and actually, the corpse, you know, like look didn't look too bad that was being burnt up. the The eyes looked a little bugged out, but yeah, but it was that was pretty cool. And yeah. then they're, now it's kind of weird; they're all just kind of dead laying there, and that's pretty much it. It, it goes to they kind of cool have a cool ending. It's kind of happy ending. They cut to now. It's like I don't know how long later, but it's probably a couple of weeks, few weeks, whatever. But she's on the couch, like in her jammy robe and a blanket. Wrapped, and yeah, wrapped up in blankets. And yeah, so Don is trying to be all. Yeah, Don's trying that. to be all like. Uh, he's trying to be all romantic. Well, in a couple of weeks, you'll be Mrs. Don Tucker. Right, right. And then it's kind of cool. They go down. The the guy Doctor Anderson calls him down again, like you know, like you know, Don, you know, or whatever, and he goes down there, and you see something on the table moving around, You're like oh, what the fuck's going on now? And then you see he pulls a sheet back, 
and it's a little white like dog, uh, like a puppy, like a kind of a poodle yep. mix or stuff. I'm not a dog expert, but it looks like some sort of poodle mix thing. And then in the background, up at the top of the steps, you see Jenny wrapped in the blanket. She's looking. She sees the puppy. She smiles as, as big as you've seen her in the whole movie, loving it. Um, and then you see Don holding the puppy, showing her the puppy. It looks like a baby uh, puppy version of Buster. You know, it looks like yeah, yeah, the know. son of Buster. And then, right. And then you see Dad smiling. You know, it looks like he's standing outside. It's like this weird lighting on Dad. But uh, he's smiling. And then it goes, goes to the end. They show the puppy, Don. And Jenny smiling, and it goes to the end, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's now, here's my big question at the end of this movie: Did Doc Anderson, did you know Papa Anderson, did he clone Buster? Did he like, did he clone it, or did he think he just got a puppy? I kind of wondered. I don't think that was clear. Like, I don't remember him saying that. I, I, I thought it was just, you know, maybe we just assume that because it's a white, or they, I, I don't know. I don't remember him saying that. He might have said something, but uh, he certainly could have. That would have been a nice little thing, like he cloned, like little twist. Took took a took a little sample and cloned the, you know, especially back in 1972. That'd have been fucking like, whoa, really? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like cloning? Yeah. What did he do? And then, uh, you know, so that nowadays, been, nowadays that wouldn't be such a weird thing, you know. But <laughs> yeah, back then, I'd have been like, whoa, okay. Like took his yeah. DNA or what the fuck is that? Yeah, his DNA, you know, and then uh, and yeah, uh, but that's the that's the that end of it? our film. That was the uh, abrupt ending, yeah, yeah, very abrupt. But you know, uh, I like the fact that like when Don sticks the queen with the syringe with that anticoagulant or whatever it was, you know, that it affected everybody. Like it spread down. It was almost like a vampire kind of thing. I thought it was very vampiric you know it was just uh yeah. you know, like it spread from the master on down right and like instantly like it was just like the minute she got stuck like they just start dropping <laughs> it was over you know and, yeah uh, it was it was done with right yeah that, that, whew, that, that was a quite a wild ride that, never seen so much grape grape juice and, and beet juice in, in a movie in my life never seen so many uh Random guys like Egon running around, uh, stealthily creeping in the woods. Uh, they they could have made a whole movie out of that guy, but whoo, that was a ride. That was one hell of a ride, <laughs> and one yeah. hell of a first first time watch. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, again. You know that for a small budget movie, you know they had a lot going on there. You know, I mean, it's like you know they they use their. They used their locations wisely. They had it was ton, it was it just kept going. It was just tons of stuff. Like it, they were constantly moving and things going on. And then in between with the other characters like Egon and that, and it was constantly like shit happening. Yeah, it was moving. It was it was definitely fast paced. It was it was never boring. Right. But uh, that being said, you want to go ahead and give us your uh, f- final thoughts and uh, rating. Uh, I think. Honestly, uh, I know some of the reviews beat it up pretty good. It's got the stuff that's bad is really bad, you know, uh, like the continuity and stuff like that. That doesn't ruin a movie for me, but it's just kind of funny. You know, I, I just think it's like, oh, wow, you know, but I don't really, that doesn't, destroy, to me, it's like, okay, whatever, you know. But when you see a bunch of it, it's kind of like, you know, it's just, it's just super sloppy. But the movie itself, <clears throat> the 
the story was kind of cool. Um, you know, did it get fully realized with, you know, why this blood was, you know, m you know, volume, why it was growing and kept multiplying? I don't really know why that was really had to do that at all. But, um, <clears throat> but it was, you know, they, they, you know, somebody came up with a story and that's what it was. And, and, you know, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. I was entertained. I liked the characters. I thought the characters were pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of campy, corny stuff that was kind of laughable. But I, 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 you know, watching the movie, I was entertained. Do I want to, is this something I'm going to recommend and want to watch again? Probably not. But, it, you know, it was, but I, I you know, I, I was entertained watching the movie and it told the story. And, you know, and uh, the characters were cool. Uh, effects, you know, whatever, you know, weren't the best. You know, they could have done some little bit better with that especially with you know the blood farmers i did i was i did like the even though it was kind of weird with the, a lot of air on the tubes i did like the killings and the blood sucking yeah, from, yeah. Like, on the floor and they were sucking the blood out of them i thought that was pretty creepy looking you know um so there was a lot of stuff i thought was cool and stuff that was just kind of like yeah you know so overall uh for a low budget movie you know it, like again it entertained it's not going to go up there nearly on a list of great movies. It was just a movie. And uh, I was entertained. If it had, I'd been back in the day, gone to a grindhouse and watched that, I said, hey, cool. You know, eat my popcorn and been happy. But I'm going to give it, grade-wise, I'm going to give it a six. It's probably one of my lower-rated ones. But, you know, I think that's I think that's a fair grade for that movie. And uh, But I like I said, I had a good time watching it. And... Uh, you know, that's that kind of movie. You know, it's a grindhouse. To the, you know, that's the, that's what's going to happen in those movies. There's going to be lots of sloppy kind of shit. There's no excuse, but it <laughs> does. But you know, it's not an excuse. It but, doesn't make it doesn't so, make us love them any less, right? Right. Exactly. It's like okay, you know, you know, the stuff you can pick it apart if all you want, or you can watch it and not worry about every little fucking thing that you caught. You know what I mean? It's like okay, whatever. You know. So that's where I'm at with it. I'm giving it a giving it a six. And, uh, and, uh, again, it was okay. You know, I, I was glad we finally wa watched this one. It, it's one I've heard of over the years. And so when it got suggested by 2B TV, you know, uh, account, I was like, you know, it's, it's high time, you know, watch something new that we hadn't watched. Kind of like when we did Shriek the Mutilated, uh, you know, a couple of months back. Um, is it a, again, is it a great movie? No. Is it a good movie? Eh, kind of, not really. You know, it's it's at one of those points where it's kind of at some points is so bad it's good, but it, it's at that borderline. I enjoyed it. I, I'm not coming in too high on it, and I'll give you my rating. Uh, um, I'm coming in at a three and a half. Oh, now, okay. Yeah, I'm coming in lower just because it's the 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 blood and the effects and certain things. I feel like it's a movie that was really underrealized. Like they had a lot of great concepts but just couldn't execute it properly, if that makes sense. Right. I still enjoyed it. Now, yeah, I'm giving it a three and a half. And you know, anybody that's listened to the show more than once knows that I've, I've often said, if it's you know anything under a five, I can't recommend. Now, I can right. still recommend this movie to diehard fans that love exploitation and grindhouse films. It's a perfect example of those kind of products that came out of the late 60s, early 70s, you know, and later. Uh, 
I just can't, I, I can't rightfully recommend it to anybody other than hardcore fans. Like right. I said, you know, I'm giving it a three and a half and still saying that I liked it, but it's not a good movie. The, the acting is really all over the place. Uh, the continuity issues, I love picking those things out. I love right. that you picked that you found the one where, where Jenny's dress turns into jeans and back and forth. I didn't catch that. I caught some of the other ones, you know, you know, the, the blood stains that changed and you know the continuity of the blood on the floor uh chief spano's out- outfit changing in the middle of the movie you know but still yeah there's just so many shortcomings i feel like this is a, and i won't say this often this is a movie that would benefit from a proper remake you know too often will they remake something like, like halloween or dawn of the dead that to me is already a perfect film that doesn't need to be remade This is an example of a film that I think would benefit from being remade. And, you know, if they ever do it, I'm I'm there to uh, substitute for our man, Creighton. I will play him. I got the sideburns already and I'm already a bad actor. So, you know, I'll do I'll do better than him. You know, but it did have some things going for it. It it was the Egon character was great. Uh, The Creighton character is kind of the shining star of this movie, even though he does break the fourth wall there at the end. But just a, a few things that I would have liked to have seen or maybe changed, you know, like the idea, like you said, behind the, the blood multiplying and expanding. It just didn't make sense. And they spent so on that, you right. know, and it just didn't really make sense to me. Uh, but still, even though I'm coming in awfully low on it, I enjoyed it again. Like you said, do I need to own it? No. Do I need to ever see it again? Probably also no. But I would recommend it to anybody that, you know, uh, is a fan of these kind of films and wants to be a completist, you know, you should probably see it once. Have a good time with it. It's a good time. I, I would imagine I would have had a much better time if I hadn't, hadn't watched this movie alone. If I hadn't watched it with a group and we could have had some fun making fun of it, it right. probably would have brought my rating up even higher. But watching it by myself, I was just like, eh. Felt a little under. Was this a little underwhelming? And again, it's still you know it's not a great movie. It's hardly even a good movie. But you know they made a film. They you know they shot a movie in three weekends. Twenty four thousand dollar budget. I can't imagine where that budget went other than uh, you know film great stock. film stock and grape juice. You know, but <laughs> it was definitely entertaining. It, it, it didn't break the cardinal rule for me. Uh, the cardinal rule for a film that where I cannot re- recommend it, no matter how good it is, is if it's boring. And it's never boring. It's super fast-paced, and there's always something interesting going on. So I will at least give it that. And it's uh, that's about all I can say on this film. You know, I can understand why the director didn't direct again. I think uh, as a writer... He's decent. As a director, uh, Ed Adlam was just abysmal, uh, to be quite honest. You know, uh, I think I, I kind of want to see the third film that he did, The Blonde on a Bum Trip, uh, that I, I made a note of was his third film that he uh, that he act, acted in, or that he acted in, but that he wrote. But um, I didn't uh, notice this until now. I'm still lo- looking over his uh, his Wikipedia page. He was the guy, he wrote Shriek of the Mutilated, but he was also the guy in the Yeti suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember something about that when when he was, when we were going over that movie. 
Wasn't it the guy? Yeah, didn't we talk about that? Was it the guy that wrote it? Was, was yeah, the he? guy that wrote it was the, yeah. the Yeti, but I just didn't put the two and two together when I was looking at we were doing this. I'm like, wait, that's the same motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's good. I like those little tidbits about the guy behind this. The guy's behind it. I like that because I like, yeah, that's the kind of, you know, when you see the full, yeah, especially, you know, when you're the full deal of, these guys, you know, and you know what they did and when making movies and what they did too behind the scenes and especially if they were in it, you know, that's pretty you know, funny. But they I started the movie, they made a movie, they completed it and, you know, put it out there for the world to see. So it's definitely worth checking out. Like it, it's, it's a good one timer kind of movie. It's nothing I, I need to see again or never really need to own, you know, but it, like I said, good one time watch. Definitely. I agree with you. It's funny when you said that. Like uh, so many movies that do not need to be remade. If, if if a skilled filmmaker wanted to take the time to remake this and you know rewrite it, but take the the basic concept of this movie and and, <clears throat> and redo it, uh, you you could make a really good movie out of this. It you know what I mean. This is like uh, the really you know the shittier version of what the real good movie could be from this 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 groundwork here. You like ah. You know, somebody could make a really good movie. I don't know if you'd want to bother with it, but 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 honestly, it it it. I agree with you. If somebody wanted to make a remake out of an old movie, some really obscure, this would be the movie. <laughs> I think it would be fantastic. I think you know, in a skilled filmmaker's hand, this this you could really turn this into something really, 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 really good. Yeah, so I, I totally agree that it could you know with some proper retooling of the story and some good actors. You know, some people that, because it's obvious that the people that were in this movie were not actors. They were friends that got, you know, roped into right. making this movie. And they were all unprofessional. But if you got a professional team and a little bit of a budget and, you know, retooled the story a little bit, this is the is the movie right for being uh, remade. I think it'd be perfect movie to, to remake. Like I said, you won't hear me say that often, but yeah, this is definitely on it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, that being said, I think we'll draw this one to a close. Uh, folks, you have been listening to Grindhouse Pizzeria on the Cinema Degeneration Network, and we have been reviewing Invasion of the Blood Farmers from 1972. I want to thank my co-host and buddy, Tom Commissar. Thanks again for joining us for another <laughs> another episode. I'm not sure what we'll be doing next, but you can be sure it'll be cheesy and full uh, and it's just just that <laughs> full of cheese well it's always a pleasure my friend and uh, i had a lot of fun watching this movie and reviewing it with you and i can't wait to see what we do next yes all right folks thanks once again for listening and keep tuning in kinski's doing his experiments at the whittakers they've evidently leased in the place and gone off to california on a vacation or something What? Look, I want to sp speak to Dr. Kinski. There is no Kinski here. Is this 462-783? Give me that, you... Hello? Oh, Roy, how are you? I hope you weren't alarmed. My students were having some fun.